0: Welcome to The Jannie and Angie Show with January Donovan and Angela Schneiders. We have a dream to rebuild our church and restore the tender love of Christ to every human heart. We believe in women's irreplaceable role in rebuilding our church, our culture and our domestic church. As St. Catherine of Siena reminds us, be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. It is time to rise and reclaim souls for christ we must deepen our formation as women and prepare ourselves to lead the new evangelization our vision in the women's school is to build our church one woman's formation at a time and only then will we set the world on fire for christ
1: welcome to rebuild our church podcast where we have been unpacking this powerhouse of the saint, St. Hildegard, and doctor of the church, and what it means to live a holy life um, in context of being fully alive and cannot be more uh, needed, I think, in our culture today. So we've been, Angie and I, have been so blessed to be able to speak with Miss Jeannie as she gave us a guidepost to holiness and just drinking from the fountain of her wisdom. And uh, just so much to learn from, it. I think, a confirmation of so much of the Women's School's you know, study and what we're trying to really um help him inform and seeing how the saint from the 12th century has given us his guideposts, you know, I mean as as though they were um what is it called just predictions of what the future will be which could only come from our learning. So we continue today with I believe guidepost number three. And but before then I think Machini is going to give us a little bit of um resources that we could actually probably go to if you want to go dig deeper. So let's take it away, Ms. Cheney, with a little bit of the resources, perhaps.
2: Well, thank you, January, for that beautiful introduction again. And I'm delighted to be here. And yes, we will start with the okay. the prayer that we have been starting with to St. Hildegard.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So let's start in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fire of the Spirit, life of the lives of creatures, spiral of sanctity, bond of all natures, glow of charity, light of clarity, taste of sweetness to sinners, be with us and hear us, composer of all things, light of all the risen, key of salvation, release from the dark prison, hope of all unions, scope of chastity, joy in the glory, strong honor, be with us and hear us, amen. Okay. St. Hildegard of Bingen, pray for us. St. John Paul the Great,
1: pray, pray for, for us.
2: Goodness. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, Jeannie, we are so just in awe. Uh, we've just been receiving such fabulous feedback from our listeners. Uh, that your, your message, uh, the, the fruit of your suffering that is now just impacting us all in life-changing ways, uh, your message, Jeannie, is just so powerful. So thank you for being such a diligent student. Thank you for your joy. And um, we would just love to pause here before we delve into um, our next guidepost. Jeannie, if you could just take one or two minutes to share some additional resources for our listeners who are just so excited to dive deeper into um, our beautiful saint and doctor of the church, uh,
2: Hildegard of Bingen. I would be happy to, Angela, and thank you again for that beautiful introduction. It's just my privilege to be here with everybody. And um, there are so many different resources out there on Hildegard, and I'll just throw a few at you. But even, you know how I really first ran across her? In my whole journey was it was online. Actually, I had already kind of started a holistic journey and I was kind of researching on on herbal medicine herbs and things like that, because I had been I had been introduced to some of that. And so I found her. Um, through a, a little of a website, it's called Herbal Academy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seriously, and it's it's there's a March thirteenth of two thousand thirteen uh, article that is that was written, and I I was so intrigued by it, and I made a copy, and it just kind of brought me closer to who she really was, mm-hmm. and you know she there's so many different interpretations. Mm-hmm. Throughout the world of who she was, it just tells you how influential that she was and is today, but that was a good one to start with for me, and it, because it really helped me go dive deeper into who was this woman, so if you get a chance, you know, Google that, Herbal Academy, March 13th of 2013, and you're going to hear, uh, you know, everything they say in there, I looked up, and it was mm-hmm. further... Backed up by all kinds of different resources, so I started there. Um, there's another okay. So there's another podcast that I was telling you, Janie and Angelo, about that I really want to have all of the ladies listen to. It's twenty minutes, twenty-one minutes long. He's a an, an amazing, eloquent, powerhouse speaker. It's called the Reno podcast. Um, no, I'm sorry, the Renovo podcast, episode 155, by Doug Took, T-O-O-K-E. I believe is is what it is. He's I know this guy personally. He's got a master's in theology, and he really backs up and supports everything that I've been talking about. Takes it a little bit deeper and into you know who she is, and really supports that. This is where like the first spiritual spa came from. This is holistic teaching. It is not new age. And basically, you know, Catholics wake up because, th- learn this, because this is, this is where it all started. So please, please listen to that because you're going to hear reiterated from a male point of view and a master in theology, everything I've been talking about. I, I hope that you will please do that. So Renovo podcast episode one fifty five on Saint Hildegard of Bingen. Right. And There's Reno- also R E N O V O. Yes. And it's and that is short for like um you know, renovation, mm-hmm. uh reformation, uh renewal. You know, he goes kind of into that, what it stands for at the very beginning. So yeah. And he talks about this, you know, this fully integrated life, too. Okay. So there's another, there's another um, website, and you, you get the choice to ch- translate it. It's German. It's called viridita.de. So V-I-R-I-T-A dot D-E. It's a German website, but you're going to learn a lot more about her right from Germany. Push the button that you want to translate it from German into English. Um, A lot to be learned about her there. Hmm. There's another, um, there's a lot of doctors, a lot of medical doctors who write about her. One is Dr. Nancy Fierro, F-I-E-R-R-O, who um, she goes around speaking, and she's written books on Hildegard's femininity hmm. and I know she's spoken at um, you know several different Catholic churches I don't know if she's Catholic or not uh, but I have not read her book on femininity I, that's one I'm gonna I want to get to there are other books out there on Hildegard's teachings of femininity that I would like to um, order to um, one other book that is really good that I am sort of in the middle of. It's called The Life of Holy Hildegard. It's written, translated by two German monks, mm. um, Gottfried, G-O-T-T-F-R-E-I-D, and Theodoric, T-H-E-O-D-E-R-I-C. So it, it's, it, it, it's been very, very good. Um, enlightening to read from these two monks about her life with German monks. Another great resource and study is from Endow. Right. So I haven't looked at the whole thing. I've read bits and pieces of it. Actually, that prayer that I read came from that Endow study. Thank you, Jean. It, yep, they, open up, mm-hmm. yeah, they open up every single chapter with that beautiful prayer but it it backs up and supports all the different things that I have been saying to doesn't go into like um the the different strategies that I'm going into but backs up all the nutritional the herbal the you know the spiritual all of it really a good study Mm -hmm. so if you have a, a chance to and it's you know very catholic very catholic and um did you want to say a few words on that Angela?
0: No, it's just a wonderful resource because it's it really speaks to uh, the first training as part of the really enlightening us on who the doctors of the church were, and then delving specifically into Saint Hildegard. So, I think for our listeners who really want a very bite sized approach, a very digestible introduction, that's a fabulous place to start. Um, so, just uh, it really you know, is the I agree. With-
2: the endowed, absolutely. So another one is a book called Physica and Physica was actually one of her, and it's P-H-Y-S-C-I-C-A, um, right? Isn't that how spell Physica? <laughs> I have a book here. Where did it go? Okay, hold on for just a second here. Yes, P H Y. S I C A Physica, and it's translated from Latin by a woman called Priscilla Throop T H R O O P. So um, it's there's some really great. It's it's all translations of her vision and um, her writings, Hildegard's writings. Call you know from from Physica, and um, There's some really great things in there. Also, oh, Hildegard of Bingen's Medicine by two doctors who are doctors at this Hildegard Center in Germany and they're really trying to get this word spread worldwide because they spot on use all of her medicinal techniques, techniques to treat diseased people. And they're They're having amazing, amazing, amazing results. And one of the beautiful things, so Dr. Wigard Strulo, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, it's S-T-R-E-H-L-O-W, Struhlo, he actually was a chemist for a huge pharmaceutical company in Europe. And he got turned on to Hildegard's Ways and said, oh my gosh, we are not treating the human person right. This is, I mean, he just dove into this. And then he somehow came across Dr. Gottfried Hertzka, H-E-R-T-Z-K-A. And they put together the book. I mean, they, they practice medicine together, but, and they have several different books. But one of them that I ordered... Um, is Hildegard's spiritual remedies? Okay, it is called Hildegard of Bingen's spiritual remedies. Um, Doctor Wiggard Struhlo, is the he is the author of that one, and then together they have another book that's called Hildegard of Bingen's medicine um, by both of those doctors. And they have some, you know, am- amazing things in there too. Now, some of this is, it's a little hard to read because, you know, some of it, they're quoting from her stuff back in the, in the medieval ages. And, you know, there's like some weird things in there too, like, you know, she used um, ground-up um, you know, beaks of different birds and things like that, you know, that, that we don't do today, that sort of thing. But the basic medicine that she used with herbs and all the holistic treatments and nutrition and all the different therapies, which we'll get into, um, you know, with music and the 35 vices offset by the 35 virtues. They use all of that to treat the whole person, not just the disease, mm-hmm. and you know one thing I wanted to um, tell you quickly about Endow too, because I, I love this it 's a quote from from Endow on page eighty she they say for Hildegard, "The body was not a problem to be solved but a garden to be tended isn't that beautiful the body is not a problem to be solved but a garden to be tended and that just speaks her whole language that is
0: just so beautiful and so deeply aligns with just art, the heart of a woman's school you know cultivating <laughs> the garden of a woman's heart wow. and our body as as a temple and a beautiful garden where our lord would walk in the cool of the evening you know going back to the uh, the garden of Eden and, and now we're in the new Eden. So that's just so powerful, Jeannie. Yes,
1: yeah. So powerful. It is.
2: And let me, let me, let me just read this little short paragraph. It's a continuation and this is from endow. Okay. So it starts for the, for Hildegard, the body was not a problem to be solved, but a garden to be tended. She recognized that medicine of whatever sort wasn't always enough to cure what ailed a person because people aren't machines. We're more than our cellular processes. Physical health, emotional health, mental health, relational health, environmental health, and spiritual health. The whole person affected by the whole of our life. In a sense, Hildegard's medical methods are a call for other doctors to follow her example and see not just a sick body in the patient before them, but the image of God, unique, unrepeatable, and connected mm-hmm. in some way to everything else in creation. Oh my goodness. It's so oh. powerful. It sums, yeah, it, <laughs> that speaks, sums it, up. it is. It, it sums it up. It speaks to everything that you ladies are doing in the women's school. It speaks to everything that I'm trying to develop and, and teach women men and women, it speaks to everything that I've been speaking about in these last four podcasts. So, okay. So that was another resource. Um, uh, I think I left off with the spiritual remedies. Um, Oh, another really fun little resource is it's from Liguori and it's called St. Hildegard's Kitchen. So it's actually a cookbook with, you know, some of her recipes. Yes, 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 yes. I have that, Jeannie. And the
0: introduction alone is worth purchasing the book. It's so powerful.
2: Absolutely is. It is so powerful. And every single chapter begins with a little snippet from Hildegard. Either if it's something from her vision or some quote of her, it gives you a deeper insight into who this person is. So I'm just going to, I'm going to stop right there because that's a lot. There's so many other things that are out there. Uh, You know, Dr. Victoria Sweet, another one, actually endowed, speaks, quotes, Dr. Victoria Sweet. She's not a Catholic, but she she took on this whole um, teaching of Hildegard. She went back and got her master's in, I think it was her master's in medieval um, healing, medicinal healing, and she ran into Hildegard and adopted all of her ways, um, and she used them at... In, um, in the Laguna Honda Hospital in San Francisco. And she also wrote a book called Slow Medicine and God's Hotel. And it was all based on Hildegard's ways, spending time walking with the person. You know, healing is a slow process. It's not an overnight thing. It's the Western med way is just, you know, it, it focuses on, on you know, just hitting with drugs, something, the disease When, you know, the disease disease itself is a symptom of an imbalance, Mm, we have to treat the whole person. And so she's another great resource as well. She's also been a speaker uh, at Catholic parishes and things like that, too. And she's been written up. I I saw her, one of her articles, I don't remember if it was through OSV or another Catholic article that uh, had an article written up about her. So... I'm not sure if she's practicing medicine anymore. Um, I think she was kind of in her retirement years, but another great resource. So all kinds of really great resources out there. And I think that what we should do, ladies, because there's still a lot to go into, and I promised that I would try to sum up everything this time and we'll – There's so much more that goes into every single category, but we'll hit it right now. But stop for just a second if there's any questions or anything that needs to be clarified.
0: The only thing, Jeannie, is uh, just a quick, very tiny loose end from our previous conversation is the most powerful way to detox both our mind and our bodies is the power of confession. That's right. I just want to share that with our listeners, the power the extraordinary healing, integrating power of confession. And I would just
2: Absolutely.
0: encourage our listeners that I know so many of us have not had full access to that most beautiful sacrament. but when that becomes available, uh, just encouraging our, our beloved listeners and, and sisters to take advantage of that most powerful sacrament, uh, which, which heals, reorients, and is just literally a deluge of, of God's merciful love, which
2: is the most healing force. It is absolutely the most healing force. And after we finished last time, Angela, I, you know, I said, please remind me because that is like the most important thing. And there's a reason why the church in its, you know, wisdom and its genius calls it the sacrament of healing. That's what what its name is, the sacrament of healing. You know, over the years we just call it confession. Yes, we are confessing a sin, but the you know this is all a spiritual battle, and the battle of the, the spiritual vices, which Hildegard talks about so completely, is offset by the spiritual virtues. And in that confessional, the demons cannot go in there. They, it's it is the best one of be, the the it, it, it's it's even. Some exorcists say that's the best exorcist, exorcism. Uh, really? is yes. to yes, 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 because they are so, they cannot go in that confessional, they hate it, and I'm, I don't know if you've ever had the experience of being in line at confession, and your mind goes crazy all of a sudden, oh, it's yeah. like, oh, you, you, yeah, there's like a reason.
0: One, run. <laughs> that's because there's a fight uh-huh. going
2: on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, sacrament of healing. Sometimes that word confession has, has uh, you know, like a negative connotation to it. And I, it's, again, it's that twisting. It's gotten distorted. So it's, we're untwisting the distortions. It is the sacrament of healing. So please, please use that. It's a, it is a detoxer of mind, body, soul. It is. So, okay. And Lucifer hates it. He'll do anything to keep you away from that.
1: That's kind of powerful to say that that's the best exorcism. But if you think about it, it's an, it's, it's us going into the mercy of God, oh,
2: you know? It, it is absolutely that- is. And you know, I, I am, I have, one of my good friends is an exorcist. He's, he's amazing. And, you know, he tells his people too, if you ever feel like you're ever being attacked, it's three simple things, three simple words, hail, Holy queen, Three times, Hail really? Holy Queen, Hail Holy Queen, Hail Holy Queen, and they will flee, because they just cannot be. They know that she crushes the head of Satan. So if you are ever feeling just you know agitated, irritated, um, anxiety stricken, or having these thoughts in your head, Hail Holy Queen three times, mm-hmm. and that's the power in that rosary too. That's we you know it's another power in the rosary yes so um i wish i had more time to spend the on those 35 vices and virtues because it is it it is so big so big so big so big we're going to get into just a little bit of it because the the biggest vice that she identifies there's big ones in there but is melancholy because melancholy actually leads to, it starts with depression, mm. anxiety, mental disorders, and leads to suicide. And that's the ultimate goal of Satan. He hates the human person. His ultimate goal is to tear every fragment of the human person's, every bit of, it of that human person's fiber apart. He wants us to kill ourselves or he will kill us, basically, mm. trying to take us down. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But. And, and Jeannie, I just okay, want to ask for a moment Please, because yes. right now,
0: that truly is our largest pandemic. It's, it's, it's anxiety and mm-hmm. depression, right? Which disease is and a fear. And, fear and fear. And we know again that St. That Hildegard, this, this mystical vision from the Holy Spirit over a thousand years ago is integrated wholeness, which is the antidote and opposite of disintegration. And a tearing apart, which is what the evil one desires to do. So I just think that's a profound contrast and distinction we need to make right now.
2: Mm. Absolutely, it is. And look at how he's tried to tear apart not only the church, but man from woman, woman from man, um, tried to tear apart who woman is, you know, instead of, you know, being reminded that she's God's masterpiece. He's trying to tear apart all of our institutions, everything. It just mm-hmm. the whole, just the human identity of a human person. Yes.
1: And, and if we don't know our identity, everything just sort of gets, it's a downhill spiral from there. Right. Yeah.
2: It is. It absolutely is. Absolutely is. Okay. So remember that fasting and detoxing go together. Fasting is huge. She says there are some vices that, are, that have such strongholds that the only way to rid of them is with fasting. And she really used, uh, you know, spelt bread fasts, like I said, um, and water and, and prayer. Just like, I mean, you know, Jesus gives us a great example, but there are some strongholds that there's some vices that are, that have such strongholds on us that they can't, we can't rid of them unless there's big fasting. And um, she even talks about, you know, like, things that are happening, like, in your family, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now that the family is being so attacked, I just felt it very, it's urgent to hear these things. So, okay, we are going to go to sleep and wake balance. Mm. So, big, now, this is really, this is really, really important. Sleep is the ultimate panacea in other words it is it's the cure all okay so remember I was telling you about Father Jim who would like to this is earlier before the podcast who would like to accompany us um, on a pilgrimage which we will talk about later on at the end of this he's an amazing priest who was talking about the Holy Spirit does his most healing work while we sleep And sleep is so important to us. It's the, you know, that's what St. Joseph did. St. Joseph, that was his, his, the angels came to him in dreams while he was sleeping because he was Mm -hmm. resting. Okay. So we have to have seven to nine hours of sleep per night to really operate well and to be at our, our optimum health. Um, Sleep, I mean, it, it relaxes our muscles. It repairs any damage that we have in our in our body, our cells. It detoxifies, fortifies our immune system. It balances our hormones too. Mm-hmm. We deteriorate with chronic sleep deprivation. Um, you know, and and it's something else that I've learned, like in in my holistic nutritional certification program, is that. Just one or two nights of sleep deprivation diminishes our cognition. um, It affects our moods, our immune function. And sleeping less than seven hours a night triples our risk of viral infection. Yeah.
1: Oh, my word.
2: Yeah. 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 So the healing hours of sleep are apparently between the hours of 10 and 2 a.m. So we really need to try to get to bed, you know, as early as we can. It's hard when we're new moms and trying to figure this whole thing out when we're not getting enough sleep. You know, I mean, but the Lord knows that and He works with that as well. Almost two um, Yes, absolutely.
1: Uh, uh, you say it lowers our immune system by. Th- you said
2: three times. That's what. Yeah. One to two nights of sleep less sleeping less than seven seven hours a night triples your risk of viral infection mm-hmm. just one or two nights of sleep deprivation can start diminishing your cognition affect your mood and your immune function i've i mean i've experienced that i you know I have. in my first podcast with you I was telling you cancer and chronic illness is uh, it, you know it, it, it it's a a convergence of different things. And I know I was not getting enough sleep. I intentionally really tried to get at least seven hours of sleep a night. You know, I was getting maybe five or six. And um, maybe because it's my type A personality or something, I don't know. But no, I did not realize how important sleep was. I mean, I've, I've heard of other theologians who have said, Oh, forget sleep in this life. You know, we can do it in the next. Well, n- n- we, uh-uh. you know, we, we really need to, we need to honor our bodies and glorify God and do what he's asking us to do um, and, and, by and taking we, care of our body.
0: Jean, going back to that uh, mood and detoxing power of sleep, that's literally, isn't our brain during some of those REM cycles, expanding and contracting, and it's literally pushing the toxins out of our brain. Is that true?
2: Well, you know, with 100% certainty, I can't say that, but it certainly fits with everything that I have been studying and learning. And it's backed up by Hildegard too. Actually, since we're on that, I am going to, let's oh. go to, let's go to something right now. Okay. Cause it's, um, I have to. A lot of a the cases while you're looking at the gene
1: of de- de- depression comes from sleep deprivation. And that's why postpartum depression or insomnia. Yeah. And it becomes kind of like a ripple effect because in a lot of the nutrition too causes a lack of sleep deprivation. And then the mental rumination of negative thoughts causes um, sleep deprivation. And then the mothers start to worry and then they don't sleep. And it becomes this vicious cycle. It's, you literally get trapped. yeah you get trapped in that the negative you know the negative mindset with the nutrition compounded with you know just this new transition of life or just life in general circumstances and it becomes that that um melancholy that the devil wants to celebrate and it and and it's so simple like if you think about it there's actually a best-selling book on sleep itself that ariana huffington wrote so good. And that the, they used to torture people um, and, and, you know, soldiers with yep. um, yes. sleep deprivation because it yes. you know, can hand over everything. And yeah. gosh, culture you know, almost um, glorifies lack of sleep. And this is kind of a new learning for me as a mom because I think, I was thinking, like, John Paul told you not sleep. I don't need to sleep. <laughs> you know, just that false understanding. And I was getting inflammation in my eyes i was getting susceptible so this is a confirmation of the importance of it and and i think this is also in direct relation to our ability to ask for help and the humility especially as mothers to say listen i need you to hold the fort down i need the 7 hours or i have to say no to whatever you know social media so that i can actually quiet my mind and then be in bed at the most healing hours. I mean, there's just so much here that's so simple that even if we do that one tweak, could change so many areas of our life. Exactly. And again, that Ariana Huffington yeah. book is called Thrive for our listeners. If
0: you've not had a chance to read that yet, it is a worthy read, it's on Audible. Um, just to really heighten our awareness of the power, the transforming power of sleep. And I know that a lot of even my mental illness began when my sleep was disrupted, probably starting about eight or 10 years ago, due to the magnitude of stress that I was living throughout the day, and I didn't have adequate skills to unwind. So I was carrying those, those thoughts about my day to sleep, which kept me up at night. So there was there was a direct correlation yes. when I started walking into some of that depression that I experienced uh, due to my uh, lack of, of formation and skill set training to manage my thoughts and my emotions and the stress that I was experiencing during the day, which carried into my sleep disruption.
2: So connected, yes, and so oh, it is so connected. And so I'm g- this is I'm I'm going to tell you what Hildegard says, and I'm going to read a little a bit of a quote as well too, but. So she was, you know, she says that, that this uh, man, it has to be carefully managed. You used that word, Angela, managed, and that's really true. The pattern of waking and sleeping, it requires special, intentional attention. So, um, you know, she's, she talks about staying properly awake and vigilant keeps you healthy, whereas too little sleep makes you ill. So healing sleep also brings refreshing dreams. Now Mm. here's a quote from her. When people wake up again in a state of proper equilibrium, they are well equipped to enter the day's events with sharp wits, a fresh face, and a pleasant attitude. All their limbs and organs will be working together peacefully and happily. So that's She's backing all this up. I mean, this is her stuff, okay? She's, exactly. So then she talks about this, um, uh, you know, this sufficient rest was one of her most recommended remedies, remedies for the relief of stress. And that's, that'll be backed up, I'm sure, in that Thrive information mm-hmm. that you were just talking about and just everything that we've been talking about. But, um, and what you just said, Angela, too, you were taking that stress to bed. But and I, and I she did, writes I about to build that rhythm in
0: right when you're I was I was right. every day all day weeks months and literally a decade over a decade I hardlined <laughs> and there was no there was no skill set for processing. Um, oh, so- me
2: too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. It's just an awful. It's a. It's an awful state of mind that you know with all, you know, you just feel like the life is being sucked out of you. And it literally, it is, it's a Mm -hmm. depletion, but um, anyway, but so we're going to talk about that 35th vice melancholy that she, she refers to as being the worst of all. So many other vices, uh, so many other vices that I would love to be able to go into, but I'll teach you later on, on those ones. (laughs) People caught in melancholy often have sleep pattern disturbances. And what she means by that melancholy is sadness, misery, fear, dejection, depression and gloom. I mean, we live in a very aggressive gloomy world. Mm -hmm. Um, And she says that this person has forgotten the joy of heaven. Mm. Um, Yeah. And they're instead desperately trying to find happiness within their harsh world. And we just you know, we just we just can't. And so all of these, all the vital, depressing things within us, um, causes that spirit of life to to just vanish. And she points the finger at what's called black bile, and that is a huge. It's a it's like a dark bile within us that wreaks havoc. And it's a lack in making uh, happy neurotransmitters you know in our brain and serotonins and endorphins and so she says that the path of the out of sadness leads to the path out of sadness leads to health and she talks again about you know uh spelt starting she just loved spelt <laughs> mm-hmm. and starting the day with a breakfast of spelt and you know some other things and you know other good nourishing things or whatever but um you know she there's other things that that uh she talks about as far as remedies containing powers that provide happiness and they're like nutritional different things that we won't go into right now but um yeah that melancholy it's it's like a series of events that that can just lead to that that um total degradation in a person, total despair.
0: Yeah. And it, you know, by the grace of God, I never quite despaired, but I, I experienced that genie and it is so real. It is so crippling. You know, I, um, uh, throughout my life, um, God has given me a strong will and a determination so I could pretty much push through anything. But when I was caught in the grips of that melancholy, um, I was rendered helpless, um, mm-hmm. for a time and a season. And, um, Again, I, I praise God for that because it, it has been my path to freedom, but um, for our listeners out there who are experiencing this, this melancholy, um, this paralysis, I just want to give you hope that uh, that our Lord is in and with you in that darkness, that he does not desire for you to stay there, and there is a path out. There is hope, and um, uh You know, I'm I'm living proof of that, of the power of God at work and and the power of these principles to bring forth new life and to bring about an even greater good had one not walked into that melancholy in the first place. So just know that there is light, uh, light in this darkness for our dear listeners who might be struggling with this or have a loved one or a dear friend who is in the midst of that darkness now that there is so much hope
2: so much hope and I and I am going to give you one and thank you for that Angela I, that was very beautiful and heartfelt and I I can identify with a lot of that too you know going through my cancer and just you know dark times um, but I, I do want to give you one thing that she highly recommends for people um, to bring that sense of joyfulness and that is eating fennel we talked about fennel before In her nutritional part, fennel was a big part of her strategies, eating fennel or drinking fennel tea. Now I talked about fennel tea last one of the times before, you know, as a a purifier of the blood and and whatnot, but this is a quote from her. Fennel brings humans a sense of joyfulness and endows them with a beautiful complexion, pleasant body odor, excellent digestion. Individuals... um, uh, individuals with a depressed nature are gladdened by fennel and, um, and and savory. Yeah, they they are remedies containing powers that provide happiness. I drink a lot of fennel tea. Do you? I don't I don't eat I do. Yeah, well, you know, what? if you like licorice, you're going to love fennel tea because it has that. It's got a, a licorice scent and flavor to it. I, I haven't. Ever cooked, I, I never did before any of this. My cancer, uh, I never cooked with fennel, but I, I try incorporating it in my diet as well. So, because you know, these are proven facts, proven so, yeah. <laughs> so exciting. yeah, anyway. Okay, I, I want to get moving on here because I want to at least touch on the, the other three um, natural beauty, mm. okay, in, inside and out. And she, like I said before, she was big into gemstones, especially emeralds. It's that, that greening, that life force, the Viriditas. I want to say something about Viriditas again. Now, you are going to find it throughout different writings. There are things that you look up. I think the original spelling of her, from her was V-I-R, but you will also see it as V-E-R. D-I-T-A-S. It's the same thing, okay? So same same thing, but um, V-I-R-D-I-T-A-S is, I think I said that right, Very um, is, I believe that was the original way of spelling it. Okay, so anyway, emeralds. Um, she used emeralds for healing purposes and for beauty. Mm. Um, so she was, she really worked with women and she loved helping them wear precious stones using them. Um, and also, I don't know what kind of cosmetics they used back then, but she was all about, you know, with married women, anyway, enhancing their beauty. So for, to, to contribute to the sexual attractiveness, their sexual attractiveness for their husbands. Um, you know, she she would recommend certain stones to be worn around their necks or fingers as, you know, jewelry. Um, She also prescribed gemstones, uh, particularly emeralds, to absorb, like, negative energy of abnormal thoughts, emotions, and spiritual weaknesses. Um, She believed that it, it would transmit, a, you know, this positive positive, life-giving energy, because of its virid- viriditas ability, um, which I thought was, you know, really, I mean, that was kind of eye- eye-opening for me, because yeah. I always thought that that sort of stuff was new age, and <laughs> this is coming right from her. Yeah, I think
1: you know, that's what, um, you know, I think a good, the distortion has really been affirming for me, because I feel like it's a distortion of the truth, you know, and- If you really, oh, yes, a lot of the new age stuff, and 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 I really am not schooled in new age. I really, when you look up new age, it's so massive that it it seems like a religion, but it's even more. So, there's so many different degrees. But I just feel like so much of what they do is to take what is good in in nature, in the world, and they don't order it towards our Lord, and and they kind of have a distorted view of it. But if you kind of strip it down of it, there's so much good in it as well. And I think for us to be dismissive of it and kind of, you know, throw the baby with the bathwater is to miss the fullness.
2: Oh, absolutely. And she reiterates that over and over, you know, that um, human beauty for her was the ultimate mirror of all God's glories. Um, it, it, It just, you know, she was big on, very prominent in her theology on physical beauty. And, oh. you know, and, and quote, you know, quote, God has adorned the universe with glory and beautiful and beauty um, for the service of humankind. You know, service the of the mind. Service of. Yeah. And, and Julie, this is something that I, I really want
0: to pause for our listeners just to soak in because I think there there could be even a, a spirit there that uh, as, as to be a faithful Catholic woman is to is to not take care of oneself that 's something that 's let go of, of, right. of married when it actually in fact, what we 're learning from Saint Hildegard and even Saint Jose Maria Escriva would encourage women now is your time. you have an added responsibility to to maintain um, your health to the best of your ability to maintain. To, to really take care of our bodies, to enhance our natural beauty, to, to dress in a way that is, is most flattering to our body shape, um, to put on that, that dignity, not as a way of covering up, but of enhancing and, and magnifying the natural beauty our Lord has given us for our husbands, for our children. So uh, that is something we di- very deeply try to speak to in the context of the women's school, of, of those presentation skills that St. Yeah. Hildegard was, was owning and teaching women a thousand years ago, that is also so deeply relevant to today. We have that responsibility as, as single women, but also as wives and mothers to, And even St. Catherine of Siena, you know, a, a third order Dominican would always make sure that her face was washed, her hair was brushed, she looked pristine, uh, just to show, to have that stewardship. People are always amazed at her and St. Teresa of Avila as well. People were baffled by, by their beauty. It was it they were awe inspired by the beauty of these religious sisters. So I just think I wanna I wanna break any lies there that to be a faithful Catholic woman is is to let go.
1: Well, I think the the vanity is what women fear and I find that the vanity is because it is ordered towards oneself and not towards the creator and the creation ought to always point towards the creator. Mm-hmm. God created a beautiful world and the purpose of it is for us to actually ponder him and, and point towards him and say, wow, it could only be God that could create something so magical, you know, and and you know, in the in women's school we really talk about, you know, the impact of the beauty can change the world because if you look at a beautiful sunset or a beautiful mountain range or I think of Montana, it really bypasses logic. It does. Because it it yes. releases, you know, a dopamine effect. It touches every senses. And the byproduct of beauty is awe and awe that says something about this experience is actually
2: changing me. Mm-hmm. And so. Absolutely. Well, it's a, the beauty is a reflection of who God is and that's why it's calming yes. and changes the chemical in our brain because it's, we are seeing a big part of, you know, who God is big, big B beauty, God, little B beauty all of his creation. Mm -hmm. And that's why, and Hildegard was very intent on trying to teach, especially women, you know, because you remember she worked with, she lived with a lot of nuns, but she also had a lot of wayward women come who were possessed and ill and just in hard ways come. And she, you know, she taught, taught them, spent a lot of time with them on trying to teach them their salvation through self-knowledge self-love not in a prideful way but through self-care know love yourself in like how god loves you learn who god is and he will help you to know who you are and to love who you are
0: and that's that's so powerful genie that this this self-care which again can rub people some people the wrong way that that Phrase, unfortunately, has been hijacked a little bit. So we're redeeming that mm-hmm.
2: It has dis- yes. must been distorted. Go it's ahead, yes.
0: Distorted. Of course, we want to reclaim that, reclaim that. Because again, to Jannie's point, what we're fighting here is that fear of vanity, right? That fear of disordered mm-hmm. self-love versus ordered self-love, properly ordered, is that my body, everything is a gift. My body and and my very being is a gift. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. So again, that's that reordering, that we love ourselves, we 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 we're stewards of the gift of our life and our body because god loved us and redeemed us so it's always putting things back Mm -hmm. in that proper order and it's
2: exactly
1: it it, it, sorry Jean. i was just going to say that you know it's it's no wonder that the woman is attacked and that there is such an attack on just the physical beauty of women as something to be revered as just merely physical, and, and no wonder it's revered, because, I'm sorry, no wonder it's attacked, because even of the reverence that it actually, uh, or the capacity of reverence, it can open. And what I mean by that is that, you know, a, a beautiful woman who cares for herself, not for the sake of herself, but to become a service to our Lord, really changes the world. I mean, you know, and the woman's going to say, a beautiful woman can change the world, and we really believe it, because if we redefine beauty, As a woman who inspires the world to be better, then we know she's not the end. Rather, she's a means to a greater end towards truth, beauty, and goodness. And I think that's why it's getting attacked, because it's so um distorted, but the fullness of it could change the world. Think about a beautiful woman. Absolutely.
2: It it just the distortions need to be untwisted and clarified. Now, does this mean that I'm telling everybody to go out and and get a surgical facelift? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Um, It's kind of the same concept as, I mean, it's two different spectrums, but, you know, as birth control, um, you know, birth control tries to fix something that isn't broken. That's why it wreaks havoc within a woman's body, which by the way, didn't talk about, but I'm going to tell you it's a, it's a, a class one carcinogen. So mm. that, that really people need to know that it's a class one carcinogen, but birth control tries to fix something that isn't broken. And same thing with the uh, you know, the transgender pills that, that are given it's trying to fix something that isn't broken. It's up the brain it just confuses every I mean it's these are they're dangerous drugs um I I actually and I'm not saying anything bad about people who are struggling with their identity I I really am not these are beautiful people um who need a lot of prayer and just really need to um yes right absolutely it's their their identity they're confused in their identity and um but I know one mother who has a son who decided to change his sex after he was 18. I've never in my life seen a deeper well of sorrow than I have this mother because her son, you know, took all the drugs to have the sex change and it messed up with his whole body, gave him testicular cancer. And um, was the only child that they had, so she lost her son, turning into Mm -hmm. what he thinks is a woman, and she lost her only their their family's only chance of any grandchildren as well. So you know, really sad, just really sad. But anyway, going back, so facelift, uh, same sort of thing. It you know, we we as we age, we we still keep ourselves beautiful with age. I mean, the facelift is trying to fix something that isn't broken too. And I think that that can get into some, you know, pride, vanity areas or, you know, lack of self-esteem or something like that. But um, no, I am not saying run out and have a facelift. Please don't hear me saying that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So.
0: But but one thing um, I do want to point out, Jeannie, is that all the principles that Hildegard is teaching us here actually, especially when I look at some people who are deeply prayerful, they look so young. There's something about living a holy, virtuous life, about living as God intended that actually keeps us youthful. One of the best ways to fight the appearance of aging is is, is hydration and super hydration and, and drinking the best water. So some of these natural remedies that Hildegard is pointing out to us actually keep us youthful by first of all, addressing the the spiritual and emotional elements of our life that tend to actually stress is one of the quickest aging factors. We have to, we have to keep that in mind.
2: Absolutely. So hydration, sleep, proper nutrition, um, they are like, they will give you the best complexion ever and, you know, great skincare. And like I said, from when I started this, you know, it's from the, the inside out. We're trying to do everything from the inside out. So it comes out through our skin, through our hair, all, everything. So, okay, let's move on to exercise movement. Unless there are some other comments, feedback? Yep.
1: No, I, I, I am I'm right alongside you. I'm just sort of, I, I think there's a lot to be pa- pack, unpacked here. <laughs> um, oh, oh, so, there's so
2: much to be unpacked.
1: And I think we so Angela much- will probably be unpacking this after we have you and and just kind of, you know, deepening the layers here because I think what a gift. That's all I can say. What a gift that the saint has received this insight in the 12th century. Like I can't get over that. Mm -hmm. God is so consistently God (laughs) that his message has has been through and through, you know, and it, it just goes back to like Eden. It's so simple. We
2: complicate life. Right back to Eden. We do. We don't complicate it. I mean, he doesn't complicate it. We complicate yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, we, we complicate something.
1: in some of the most basic, simple truths, I think we complicate it because to follow it, it isn't easy. So we try to search for answers that would appease the comfort of our mind and our bodies. But yet we, there is no way around the work, the internal work necessary of discipline and sacrifice to achieve a beautiful life and in and, and the woman's school you say on the other side of beautiful life is a woman hard at work and that's what it is hard on work and and on her, her virtue you know um and, and and that's what saint hildegard is it's like it's almost like common sense and not common practice
2: right yeah because the common sense again has been twisted and distorted because that's the plan of the evil one. He mm. wants it all twisted and distorted. And you go back to the garden, it's very clear. It's very simple. It's very clear, um, harmonic order. So we have complicated things. And he loves, God loves us so much. He's trying to give us Hildegard again. And this these days to... Bring us back to who we really are, who we're meant to be for our time. Yes, absolutely, absolutely
1: back to Saint Catherine of Siena. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I would say we need to know who we're meant to be before we can set the world on fire. Exactly. So it's almost like right. grantedly giving us Saint Hildegard to allow us to fulfill Saint, you know, Saint Catherine of Siena's mission to set the world on fire.
0: That's exactly right. right. These the practices the very element, again, this is teaching us how to be human again, because again, God wrote the manual on how to be human and how we thrive, how we flourish. And he honors our free will so we can choose to discard these things. But when we're living, again, within the rhythm of his heartbeat and living these things out, the natural byproduct is joy, is fruitfulness, is abundant energy, abundant life. It is the radiant light that literally will set the world on fire just by our sheer encounter.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, she, going back just for a second to the natural, natural beauty and just kind of um, adding a little bit to what you both were saying to about women and whatnot. She, she was a counselor, you know, too. So she counseled women and who struggled with all sorts of the same things that we struggle with today relationships, life, she really, really did teach them their true beauty and femininity, which is John Paul II did too in his Theology of the Body. He put all of this in a language that we could understand it because a lot of the medieval talk is, you know, it was kind of hard to understand, but it's a reiteration of who we are from the beginning, but again, she spent time with these particularly women she um, spent a lot of time with men, too, but indifferent. I mean, a lot of the time that she spent with men was to try to get them to do what they were supposed to do as men and as leaders in the church. She never, ever questioned the church and the teachings. But some of the leaders in the church, she was like, nope, you, you're not doing what you're called to do. And she was very firm in that. But for the women, she spent time with them teaching them how to cook teaching them nutrition, teaching them all of these things, walked with them in the forest. You know, we talked about that forest bathing sort of thing, Um, just teaching them who God is through creation and his therapeutic power. She taught them how to garden, Um, really taught them how to seek and find peace and order that they were looking for. So that all goes under natural beauty as well. And what I want to but speak to here sure, Jenny, please do
0: one of the things that we really emphasize in the women's school is that on our journey to integrated wholeness we need a companion we need a guide we need an accountability partner we need a coach to walk with us and to yeah. live that out in and through the one-on-one intimate time she spent with these beautiful women and and you know i think that that point too that we're not called to do this alone we're called to do this with a companion and a guide. And, and that's something, you know, we have a team of strategists within the women's school that are there to accompany women. And, and so that they're not embarking on this journey by themselves.
1: Nor were we ever meant to live a life on our own period, you know? No, we were not created to be alone. Mm -mm. and, And that's, you know, right now, loneliness is an international official crisis. I mean, they, they've now, you know, we've come to that. Point. and I keep thinking how is loneliness an international crisis I mean in a hyperconnected world it, and it's baffling and it seems common sense you know because what mm-hmm. we teach in a woman's school is you know you could be with somebody for two hours and never achieve the level of depth that would nourish your soul or be somebody for five minutes and feel as though your soul is awakened and it's a matter of learning the most basic communication skills necessary to actually go deep but we're not taught that in a very oh, yes. busy world, and we're 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 hungry, you know. I I feel like the greatest hunger right now is to be heard and seen, because the connection is. I place.
2: I agree, and to be you known. know Pope Francis, Pope Francis, and to be known for sure. And Pope Francis um, has a beautiful phrase that I actually keep on my computer here, and it was back. He said this uh, back in two thousand fifteen, and. And it says, quote, the drama of the world today is the result not only of the absence of God, but also and above all, the absence of humankind, the Mm. loss of human destiny and identity, and the capacity to explain the fundamental needs that dwell in the human heart. Mm. We've lost it. Wow. It's so So, true.
1: um, I mean, it's really... That's where we are, and that's where hope is, yeah,
2: <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly, okay, uh, moving on with exercise and movement, I mean, this is kind of a no brainer. We were made to move, I mean, and and exercise just in our daily you know walking our 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 duties, whatnot, but when you're fighting chronic illnesses, it, this is just a little bit different and This is because we want to get our lymphatic system working and it, you know, our, our lymphatic system is actually God's pharmacy within us. And sweating is not only good, it's great. Um, It's a channel, you know, it's essential because it's a channel through which we release toxins um, in our body. And Hildegard was really, uh very emphatic about if you can't do some kind of you know sweating on your own she had people get in saunas i mean she wanted she got this whole idea and this is a a therapy that we use today that was one of my holistic integrative uh doctors when i was battling the cancer who I think I told you, switched from Western Med over to the integrated way. So she had a combination of both. She said, if you're not able to get out and exercise and sweat every day, even for 20 minutes to a half an hour, just bring on a sweat, because you want that lymphat- lymphatic system moving, then go to your health club and sit in the sauna. Wow. Case
1: for a sauna, Ange.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I, Danny, and I, I look at my husband Bill. Most people, my husband Bill is 51. And most people think he's my age i'm 39 or younger and part of that is because during his his single years and and not now not quite as much as he was able to when he was single but he had a ritual of during his workouts and after he'd also do a sauna steam jacuzzi and people kind of giggle when he talks about it but he's emphatic and literally he looks 10 to 15 years younger than most of his peers because you know he had a very stressful job but that was part of his release and mm. then also sweating out those toxins um, incorporated with his workouts and his hydration and everything literally took it has taken 10 to 15 years off of his life and he's not even living it perfectly at this moment um, but I, I've just seen the power in and through my husband where I kind of thought oh that's kind of luxurious or you know but no that that's again Hildegard once again revealing um, the wisdom in this and uh, the wisdom absolutely. of my husband
2: yeah absolutely and even hot if you can't get to a sunlight Even as hot as you can stand it, baths. Now, I do that. I love that. And, um, you know, I I get my little, I've got like a a mustard bath um, and lavender and, you know, just wonderful smelling things that I put put in my bath. And, you know, it it opens up because your pores are opening up. And so it's not only putting good things in your body, but it's also detoxifying bad things. So when I'm getting out of my, as hot as I can possibly stand at bath, I am sweating. I'm sweating. And that was another technique. And um, even if I feel, now, you know, I'm not a doctor. This is something I do. But even if I feel like I'm coming down with something or even a low-grade fever, I will get in that hotter than hot bath and ramp, because it ramps up the immune system and it's trying to kick out stuff. And, uh, you know, generally by the next day, I'm feeling a lot better, yep. a lot better. It was another strategy I heard in a couple of other um, natural, you know, ways to heal cancer uh, yep. strategy. So mm-hmm.
0: that's even the power of salt. One thing my husband and I have started doing are these salt baths. We have a, uh, a sauna oh. here in, um, or a spa here in the Valley that you, I literally go into, it's almost like an egg-like structure and soak in a Epsom salt bath for an hour. And it, my body's absorbing um, magnesium and these good salts, which are antifungal, antibacterial. And it's actually, it was something I did during my pregnancy. It's wonderful for pregnant. Oh. And um, so that too is just deeply aligns with all of these things, these strategies, which are, are, are antiviral, providentially enough. Absolutely, yes.
2: Uh, providentially enough is right. the nail in the head right there so okay now part of movement this is a huge part of her therapy is music therapy music music and dance i mean she was a musician and she was also a playwright she wrote many i think 75 songs um and she even speaks to the gastrointestinal system is especially sensitive to good music, okay? mute. Yes, and you know, John Paul II really speaks to music as a big part of the human person too. He said, don't be afraid of it. So many, especially Catholics, are afraid of music because of some of the lyrics and whatnot, but if you listen to the lyrics of especially today's music, this is how he untwisted this distortion. He said, listen to the music. They are cries from the depths of the heart. It's the cry of the human heart. So it, we're actually getting the insight cry of the human heart of our generation. Absolutely. They are cries of the heart. And if there's a, you know, um, music and dance is, it, it animates our spirit. You know, we know what kind of music just puts us in inspires us, you know, and energizes us. And um, I have my favorite songs that I listen to when I'm working out because it energizes me and they're just great songs. I have some songs that I listen to in my quiet time that have no lyrics to them, that are just beautiful, calming, you know, Um, because again, music is of, that's what heaven's made of music. Too. um you know Saint Francis wanted to he, he begged Jesus one time to please let me hear the sounds of, of heaven because I know that there's, there's this beautiful music and Jesus said no you know um, you 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 wouldn't be able to handle it and he said oh please please he begged him and finally said Jesus said okay and he went into a coma for two days mm-hmm. because wow <laughs> you know yeah because yes. the music was So incredible, but um, she says that beautiful music, you know, has a lot in spiritual music, um, not only speaks to our souls, but it's cleansing. Now this is kind of funny. It's cleansing for our livers. It speaks to our livers, which is one of our biggest detox. I mean, you know what the liver's function is. It's huge to detoxify. They're one of our biggest organs. We have to have a good and healthy liver to be healthy. So I know when I first started my cancer therapy, one of my strategies was to find what I called a a fight song. And I played it every day. That's why it's women's school.
1: We play it before every class. Before every class. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there you go. so funny. Yeah.
0: Well, Jeannie, um, mama, mama's calling here a little bit for both of us, for both Jeannie and I, but so I want to make sure we can hit one or two of our last things here and then bring this, uh, bring this home. And then of course, we'll be unpacking this for, for weeks and months and years
2: <laughs> to come. Um, yes. So, so really quick, we will talk light air retreats in the wilderness. Um, so, you know, given the light air part of it is just that, that light air, the greening verditas power that germinates seeds It germinates great things in us as well. Being outside that for, forest bathing again, retreats in the wilderness. So necessary. Uh, it, it isn't even a, a, a good thought. It's just, it's necessary. And, um, you know that fresh air, deep breathing. Now that was those were the breathing skills that she learned. I talked about breathing earlier on um, with the Ayurvedic medicines or whatever. Her way of breathing was learning to breathe outside the the good, beautiful, oxygenated air that God gives us. Mm-hmm. Like I told you, um, I think in one of our sessions off the recording was cancer hates oxygen, chronic. Illnesses mm-hmm. hate oxygen. They hate vitamin D, which is given to us by light. Okay, that's really? a, that's a natural brain. gift.
0: That's amazing. So, just the being, being oxygenating our bodies, being in the sunlight is an antidote to cancer.
2: Yes, absolutely. 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 So this can't so-
1: breathing um, oxygenates our cells that it actually heals it? Would you say that, that that would be the case?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, it, it puts oxygen in our cells. You know, we mm. we, we need that that cell regeneration, um, mm. that deep breathing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, clean air, that forest bathing, you know, that puts us in the mind of who God is and his creation and just relaxes and us. beauty.
0: And, yeah. <laughs>
2: Beauty, abs, all of it. There's just real great healing powers. They use this tr- still today. Uh, Dr. Strulo uses all of this. Talks about you know the power of like retreats in the wilderness, um, which we'll talk about at the very end of this too as well. I won't spend much more time on on this one. Let's go into seven. Number seven, the work, relaxation, and prayer part of it. Finding work and and home. You know, and personal balances to avoid physical and mental stress. Mm. Very, very important. We can become overwhelmed, and that overwhelm just takes over everything in our body. Um, finding those relaxing things to do, um, but mostly rediscover Sunday, that mm. gift that was given to us. Always keep holy the Sabbath. It was given to us as a gift from God. He doesn't need it. We need it for a day of rest and relaxation and rejuvenation and enjoyment and getting lost in the things that we like to, in that creative power, you know, reading, doing the things we like to do, going outside, being with our families, starting the day off with the sacraments, going to mass, you know, having that, the, the Eucharistic sacrament giving giving back what he, to him what he has given us, hmm. practicing those virtues, the virtues uplift, they energize, they bring us to an atmosphere of relaxation, peace, and healing we you know we, it's Sundays a great way to really 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 practice those virtues because you know because we're we're not supposed to be working you know it's just a, a great day for us to be absorbed in this gift that was given to us. Um, And as a reminder, we're not human beings. We're not human doings. I'm sorry. We are human beings. Yeah. Amen. So when he says, be still and know that I am God, Mm. be vigilant, you know, all these, be not afraid. He describes that word be, it's a verb. Hmm. yeah yeah yes and of course you know the relaxation part of it reading the daily word everything has to be seen all of this all these strategies have to be seen and experienced um against a spiritual background Mm -hmm. in Uh, context of it yeah prayer prayer life you know there's a big huge part of this that she really really asked for the help of the angels. Angels are huge helpers to us. They're huge mediators on our behalf. There's a big part of this that I don't really have time to get into and, you know, more prayer strategies and prayer, prayer, prayer as well. Starting the day. (laughs) yes, Starting the day with prayer and that quiet time, ending the day with prayer and and that also quiet time as well. Um, you know, I'm going to bring this thing all around to the beginning. The saints seek us out for a reason. Yes. Yes. We don't seek them. They seek us out. They're trying to get in, in touch with us. And, you know, I guess this a, a, a brief conclusion. Um, you know, God wants us whole, holy, fully integrated so that we may be fully alive.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: the message of prophecy that Hildegard leaves us is, is, is not only just for us personally, but for the church, for the whole world, for the building up of the body of Christ um, during this given time and for a particular reason. You know, her teachings and prophecies are, I believe, as I've said numerous times, more relevant today than ever because of all the distortions that we've fallen into. Mm -hmm. The elevation of the human spirit, truth of the body, mind, and soul, you know, revealed to her by the triune God. Going back again, as it was in the beginning. Um, It's God's message to us through her, and she's revealing who he is for us, you know, through her as well. So um, she's just a a beautiful prophet. A powerhouse. So much to teach. A powerhouse. I mean, just a mover and a shaker. Yeah. And what I was wanting to kind of end with is if you're interested at all in learning more or experiencing more about her ways, I'm trying to develop here, um, you know, with Angela and Jenny, a seven-day retreat in the wilderness, in the beautiful Rockies of Montana, and we'd spend a lot of time, you'd be, you know, just refreshed, rejuvenated, renewed. We're working on this to maybe bring this to fruition sometime in the fall, hopefully around the Feast of St. Hildegard's feast day, which is September 17th. If we have COVID restrictions, you know, we'll work around that as well. And just really, really unpack these things and do some hands-on teaching. Also another thing that I'd really like the ladies to keep in mind is the, the possibility or maybe I should say probability of a pilgrimage to Germany and visiting her, Um, the ruins and, you know, just her her complete way of life there, her centers, go with Father Jim. He would be our spiritual guide, probably go visit the tomb of Mary Magdalene in France, head on over to Germany, you know, maybe even do the Camino. It's all connected. I don't know. There's a great vision uh, that I'd like to bring to fruition to do that and take a lot of ladies with that obviously is not going to be this year maybe it won't even be next but looking at 2021 or 2022
0: beautiful with that that's beautiful genie also the Obergamer Gaul Passion Play which is very near Bingen is yes, supposed to be this yes. year has been postponed to 2022 um, so all those things aligning, but, um, ladies, we're just so grateful for, for journeying with us and for Jeannie, for you unpacking we're, we've literally just scratched the surface these past, you know, four times together. But, um, again, ladies, and, and for our, our beloved listeners, if you are interested in, in this, this Hildegard immersion retreat, um, please email us at info at January Donovan.com info at JanuaryDonovan.com, and just let us know if there's interest and we will be gauging that obviously as Jeannie said due to our current events we'll have to be evaluating as we draw closer to that September date that we're looking at but we just want to put that out there and gauge gauge our listeners interest um, in such an immersion opportunity and we are just so grateful to you Jeannie um, we know we'll be continuing this conversation down the road but thank you thank you for your yes Thank you for these just rich wisdom and hope that you've given us in and through our beloved um, doctor and saint, St. Hildegard. And we just cannot thank you enough for sharing your time with us and your your wisdom, the fruit of your prayer and your study so generously with, with us and with our listeners.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Jeannie. It's an honor to meet you. And just on behalf of the Woman's School, I feel like you have given our... Um, our, our commission that we feel so strong what God is asking of us uh, so much hope um, because it is in alignment with what we truly believe is the mission for the world and on a personal level healing for me uh, just to see that I'm not crazy <laughs> and I, you know that these things that are so simple have always a church have always validated and it just seems to be Um, just retaught, I think, in in a world that's so busy. So thank you. I honor you. Look forward to um, being part of your, you know, commission, (laughs) whatever that may be. But um, our Lord is truly working and building his army of women to rebuild our church. So thank you. I'm so grateful.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you, ladies. I am beyond grateful. And the privilege and honor has been mine. And please keep up the good work. We, these messages for women just are so necessary today. You're doing such beautiful work. So thank you for your fiat as well.
1: Thank you, Jeannie. Thank you. Thank you, Ange. I, love you. Love you, ladies. Thank you. Love you, ladies, too.
0: Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear from you. Please write us at info at com. We would love to hear your comments and questions. And to learn more about our work at The Woman School, please visit our website, org. Finally, we encourage you to take the Wholeness Quiz, which you will find on our website, thewomanschool.org. Because as St. Edith Shine taught us, As a woman becomes whole, she becomes a pillar on which others can lean to be made whole. Thank you, ladies. Until next time, let us rise and together rebuild our church.